Hey, I'm Daniel. And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. Uh, this week, we are, this episode, we're talking about Glorious, a, a Shutter original from 2022, released on August 18th of this year. Glorious centers around an extremely hungover man named Wes who is suffering the symptoms of a hangover in a public bathroom. This is the logline from IMDb. <laughs> Or no, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. What he begins to hear is strange and omniscient voice, played by J.K. Simmons, coming from the stall's glory hole. Wes <laughs> is pulled into a trip that no one will believe. Um, I don't know why I went for the Wikipedia logline this week instead of the uh, IMDb one, but I did it, and there we go. You were feeling so, dangerous. I was. And I read this, and I knew that it was not grammatically sound, but I went with it anyway, because fuck it. It's a movie about a talking glory hole. <clears throat> Hey, um, this is Y2K. Wikipedia right. is one of our main researching <laughs> points. Uh, I just like using their log lines because it saves me from like how do you how do you give like a an upfront? You got to give a brief summation of the movie. I mean, that's what log lines are there for, right? right? And the, the the two one or two sentence pitch for the movie. I figure just get it out front so people know if they haven't seen the movie, then they know you know what the movie is about, right? So uh, glorious. I was super stoked. To cover this one, honestly, it, it just popped up on my radar via Twitter a couple weeks ago. I did not know anything about this. I didn't know it was in the pipe. Um, and then uh, I saw it, uh, someone tweet about it. J.K. Simmons as a talking Lovecraftian glory hole. And I was fucking sold. And, uh, you <laughs> it's know, it's simple we, things, right? Yeah. As soon as we started doing this podcast, this was on the short list to, to get covered right away. And uh, I'm glad we did because, as usual, I dug it. Um, the movie is an hour and 17 minutes with credits. Gotta love that. Yeah, uh, 79 minutes is not bad at all. No, not. And uh, stars Jason Sackhouse is... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's who That's who you'll most likely recognize him as. The actor's name is, is actually uh, Ryan Quantin, K-W-A-N-T-N, as Wes, the, the other person in the movie. Uh, but most audience members will recognize him as as jason stackhouse from true blood and then yeah unseen jk simmons as gat the uh son of cthulhu that resides in the stall in the bathroom stall and i did look it up and um it was it was mentioned on imdb but i I verified it through a lovecraft website although his father is never directly mentioned uh thoa or whatever his name is uh is the son yeah, is or, is the son of legendary Lovecraftian god Cthulhu. How do you? How, let's see. How do you do it? You hold your tongue and you say it. So like, Gathendula, uh, but right. slower or something like that. I don't know. That was weird. I didn't uh, like that. In the movie, it was nice. I liked it because I don't know if you read any uh, Lovecraft novels or short stories or anything like that. But sure. Yeah. That that happens quite a bit. Like, that is how the mythos works with the name. Like, we have these, like, uh, even Cthulhu. Like, some people call it Cthulhu. Some people call it C- Cthulhu. Yeah. Like, and really in his, uh, in the Necro- Necronomicon and all that shit, like, we're not, we don't know how to pronounce his name. So we just say that. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool that they, like, added a little bit of that into this. Yeah, it, it kind of uh, so to give the uh, to give kind of a, a little bit more expanded rundown of the story. Um, Wes is uh, 
traveling cross country with a car full of uh, his belongings, and he stops at a rest stop to get drunk and uh, kind of just hang out for the night and sleep in the car, and uh, gets wasted and uh, ends up burning some stuff in effigy outside of the rest stop. Uh, We get the impression that he's breaking up with an ex-girlfriend and um, wakes up the next morning hungover, shambles into the bathroom to use it, and that's when uh, the voice of J.K. Simmons begins to speak to him through a glory hole. Uh, Well, there's a glory hole in the bathroom stall, and J.K. Simmons' character is in some form occupying that stall next to him. So, was he breaking up with his girlfriend, or did she die? Well, at the end of the movie, we find out that uh, he killed her, right? Right. Okay, see, that's what I was trying to make sure. I didn't know if that was, like, a part of, like, the lucid dreaming kind of sequences, or... No, because that's... You know, the... So, the West character, um, you know, he's our protagonist uh, through this this journey. And um, he's not necessarily sympathetic. But he's kind of annoying and he's kind of a dick. Right. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, he's caught in this uh, very extraordinary circumstance where it doesn't matter too much what kind of person you are. Um, the shock and the disbelief and the, and the trying to grasp it and wrestling with reality caving in around you is pretty much the same whether or not you're a good guy or a jagoff, right? right? So that the true nature of his character doesn't play in too much until the very end. And uh, at that point, honestly, I didn't care. You know, the fact that the big reveal at the end is is that this girlfriend that that Wes has been running from or this relationship that he's been running from or that he's been kind of mourning and commiserating in his head uh, was a relationship with a woman that ended when... Um, Brenda, his girlfriend's name, um, Wes, they were moving in together. So there's flashbacks throughout the course of it. And you, you kind of see them meeting and, uh, eventually they fall in love and they move in together. And when they move in together, she's going through his stuff and she finds these Polaroids and they're of a woman that he was stalking and I think killed. Killing. Yeah. Yeah. And she leaves him and she's going to leave him, but he kills her. And then he's on the run, I guess, is what, how, the, how the movie starts. So um, definitely by the end of the movie, he's not a sympathetic character. But I don't think that really matters because it's it's more about kind of the cosmic journey that the story goes on. And um, it definitely, you know, once again, kind of like Revealer, which was another Shutter original, um, this one clearly being the better of the two. But it, it feels like a pandemic film. Um, the majority of the movie is uh, the West character alone in this uh, rest stop bathroom talking to a disembodied voice. So you have one guy on set, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yelling right. at nothing, and then they're going to put the voiceover in afterwards. Definitely felt like a pandemic film, something they shot in the past year or two because of COVID. So when I was, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a pandemic film. I mean, I guess anything within the last two, three years can be considered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking, cause I was actually thinking about that. It's like, why are these shut originals having like one person, two people in it? And I, it might just be budget restraints. And I think that they're trying to get these, uh, 
you know, like Ryan, I don't know how much he would get paid for doing something like this, but he is already kind of known with, with his uh, career. So I don't know if like he came with a higher check and then I'm sure getting JK Simmons to voice it, uh, the elder one or Lovecrafting God, whichever one you want to go with, but yeah, yeah, Gat. I don't know if like, uh, I feel like he would have a pretty penny <laughs> in this. So I don't know if it's if it's something like that or if it's a pandemic film on the sense of it's relatable because everybody has basically been alone the last couple of years. And I like he he's kind of going crazy with himself. And I think like, you know, the last couple of years have shown us go crazy with ourselves. Well, you know, the ones that really dealt with that shit. And that was like that that was a horror movie on people's own. You know, that was like a real life horror. So I don't like that's how I've been kind of looking at it because I'm pretty sure they wrapped up filming in April. Of this year? Yeah. Well, so you've had you've had restrictions uh Right, there's still restrictions left a little just, bit, you know. But it I'm could just have been to think of that. Yeah, I but at the same time I, I, maybe when they wrote it they it, it definitely there, there's <clears throat> right you didn't was, see an end yeah so th- this was it. an idea that was right. born out of i feel necessity and i think it's one that they definitely used to their advantage uh they thought about how we're going to tell a movie with one person um because i mean so uh, to kind of actually tie this back into the uh, the stylist i don't know how these movies are going to drop but um tony wash one of the producers on the stylist the stylist, me and him were working on a movie together uh, that was going to be one of these pandemic movies. And it was called Six Below. And it was about, um, it was actually going to be pitched to um, the chicken, the stylist that played the bride. I forget her name. Uh, Brie Grant. It was that actress's name. But uh, she's an Uber driver that uh, has to drive an elderly couple out to the country during a snowstorm. And uh, she swerves off the road and crashes her car in the middle of the snowstorm. And it's six below outside. And six below is kind of like a double entendre for the temperature outside. And when you're dead, you're buried six below, right? Right. And the whole movie takes place in a car. So, like, this is something that people were really looking for. Like, during the pandemic, it was like, okay, we got to keep making movies. <clears throat> if we can make these small independent movies with, with a few actors, low budgets, one locations location. we can keep creating content people are going to need content people react to trauma by embracing horror because tra- horror is on the outside and we like to watch it right. uh this this was the thought going through every producer's mind during this time um jk simmons the fact that like yeah he's a big name i guarantee you like you know a good portion of the budget went to him but when you think about it this is voice acting this was something that he could have done in a day or two right in a studio down the block from his house in LA. So he's not going to charge you that much. And remember, right. he also does like farmer's insurance commercials still. So I don't know. <laughs> he does. The dude's got grandkids he's putting through college or what. But he's still very much like a, even though he's in, I don't know if he, did he win the Oscar for? Uh, was it Whiplash? Yeah, or was he just nominated? I think he was nominated, but that right. movie is fucking awesome. He's a respected actor, but at the same time, he's still he's still a jobber. He's still working. Right. Yeah. I was so, gonna say he did just do an Amazon movie too. So yeah, with, uh, Chris Pratt. It and was like uh, the War of Tomorrow, I think. Yeah, called. he plays his dad. That's right. I yeah. forgot about that. Um, and as far as Jason Stackhouse goes, that dude's been in some shit. I remember going to see this movie, fucking Hurricane Heist, 
a couple uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> did was did that, you see that? that? No, but I there was a one point heist movies were getting really big. You know, we you had yeah. the like the new Fast and Furious movies kind of doing some shit, and you had I don't know, like you you had that that coming out, and that came out, and you know, I live in a place where we experience hurricanes every year, and I thought about watching it, and I was like, you know what, buddy, don't don't go see it. I was like, maybe maybe there's something else. Uh, I ended up not seeing it. I've seen it on the five dollar rack at some <laughs> stores, and I've actually been tempted to get it. And I think Netflix put it on. Watch that Netflix. Hair. Don't even spend the fucking five dollars. But, but is it is it good? Is it worth it? It was. Let me put it like this: like I probably saw it at one o'clock in the afternoon with my kid, <laughs> and we went and I ate nachos the whole time. Right. And was and was just like whatever. And you're just hanging out. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, me and my kid, like, our, our our litmus test for bad movies is Geostorm, which was, um, what's his name? Gerald Butler. Gerard Butler, yeah. Gerard Butler, yeah. And uh, they're trying to prevent this Geostorm. The Geostorm never happens. And that was my complaint is, like, you know, how do you name a movie Geostorm and then not show the Geostorm? Like it's fucking the classic bait and switch. If you're gonna call it Geostorm, you gotta have and they, they prevent it. The, right. The, the protagonists I mean, are victorious, and the Geostorm never happens. So you get a lot of lead up to the Geostorm. You got a little, you got a little thunder, but no lightning. You know. What right. I mean? And uh, and I will say this about Hurricane Heist: there is a hurricane, and there is a heist, <laughs> and and they play Rocky like a hurricane during the during the. Hurricane oh my heist. god! And like in that movie, he's. I don't know if he's the sheriff or he's the sheriff's brother and they're, they're trying to protect the bank from being like bank robbers rob the bank and in the middle of the hurricane and they're trying to stop it. And they're getting, they're in armored cars that are getting flung around by the winds and shit. It's not very good. So is that the glorious first, was better? Is that the first movie that you think of, uh, when that Scorpion song comes on? No, I don't know. Mine would um, be little Nikki. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not going to say is a great or anything, but like every time, like I have a friend that really likes uh, Scorpions and I'm just like, every time that they come on it, it, whatever song, I just immediately go to Rocky like a hurricane, little Nikki. Not to, uh, I mean, we're already pretty far off track, but fuck it. Uh, and, and the confused podcast here for a second, but did you ever <laughs> hear the story about winds of change? No. So Winds of Change is a Scorpion song. It's like one of their huger hits. Uh, right. It's like a it's a ballad. Supposedly Winds of Change was written by the CIA and it was uh released in the early 90s before the fall of the Berlin Wall and was meant to stoke the fires of revolution amongst the youth at the time. Because Scorpions as we all know are a German rock band. Right. And they were hugely popular on both sides of the wall and Russia. So that Winds of Change song, which is all about the winds of change sweeping through uh, Russia and, you know, uh, bringing Eastern Europe into the 20th, 21st century. That's kind of the theme of the song. And um, the rumor is, is that the CIA came to the Scorpions and said, we want you to write and release this song in an attempt to bring about revolution. And they obviously wanted to see Germany united and they, they played ball. That's crazy. <laughs> Which is like, has nothing to do with the movie Glorious. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's that's like crazy to me. That oh, that yeah. even happened. 
there's a whole podcast that a Rolling Stones writer did where he, he it's like a it's like a, a mini series. It's like five or six episodes or something. Look it up. And uh, it's worth listening to. It's great. It's like, you know how the serial, like those NPR podcasts or whatever, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. tell one story over the course of, yeah, that's what, um, that's, they did one on that. So I, I forget what it's called, but you should be able to find it fairly easily. And it's entertaining and there's a lot of crazy shit. That's cool. Spies and counterintelligence and stuff huh. and propaganda, um, all that shit. But anyway, back to Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I mean, I dug it. I think it's a classic, uh, case of less is more done right. The lighting and the sound design was top notch. Oh, it was colorful. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I feel like most modern, uh, Lovecraft movies are, but, uh, it was, you know, it, it was just a lot of purple, which I don't know if like, that's a shutter thing now where they like a lot of their backdrops are like purple and kind of like red. Like, I don't know if you noticed that on the thumbnails and the posters, you know what it, it's it looked yeah. a lot like Revealer. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. You're absolutely right. So I don't. I mean, maybe it's like eye catching, but whenever, just like uh, with Revealer, the first time I saw that, the first thing I actually thought about was, oh, it, it looks like a Lovecraftian movie because it has like tentacles and stuff in it, and I was like, oh, cool. And then uh, it really wasn't. And then this movie, <laughs> <laughs> this movie, however, was like sold on that idea. So. I felt like it, it actually did good with the uh, poster. Yeah, I I thought bringing up the Lovecraft uh, angle to it, um, it's definitely not as Lovecraftian as they'd have you believe. No, not at all. Uh, it's it's very lighthearted uh, and glib, but it's still good. It's like Lovecraft yeah. light. And um, <laughs> like LTE. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love Lovecraft, it's very hard. It doesn't translate into film. Well, and when I think about like the other good example, the other example of like a really good Lovecraft movie, I think about reanimator and reanimator right. is, is not Cthulhu mythos. It's no. very tongue in cheek. Yeah. But I think you can't, if you take Lovecraft too seriously, it's very like dour and just like, laughable i mean i think you kind of have to almost make a joke oh 100 percent, yeah because the aesthetic is so fucking out there i mean i no, nobody is asking us to make this comparison but i would say that this is way better than richard stanley's the color out of space i mean they're kind of two different types of movies but as far as uh modern day lovecraft horror films um you know i i would say this is definitely the more enjoyable of the two I don't know. I actually, I, I could not tell you which one I enjoyed more. I feel, I would say, I don't know. I really, I like Nick Cage. Right. Uh, so that was a, that's like a, the only thing, but I really like JK Simmons. And I thought they did really well to be honest with you. I would honestly probably say they're about the same, which however, because if you're going to do, okay, well, you know, it's one guy talking to a glory hole and then it's one location <laughs> I suppose you would just be, you know, glorious outweighs, you know, there's, there's, they took so much less and made so much more. So I think that that would have, and also, you know, you are talking to uh, Gat and a fucking, the, the abyss basically opens up and calls to them. So, 
Yeah, I could see where you're coming from, Glorious. Yeah, I mean, Glorious is at the end. It's it's kind of just like one big dick gay joke, which <laughs> I think is another thing. Like I appreciate the juvenile nature of it because uh, it really does not take itself seriously. Um, it suggested at one point uh, what exactly Gat wants from Wes is is debated, and at first you think that that it wants Wes to put his dick in the glory hole so it could right. suck it. Like is whatever, and that's funny, and that's okay. But then it ends up that's not what he wants. It's and like you pick your human penis. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to save the fucking universe. But okay, but but a portion of his liver is because that ends up being what Gat wants from him is he wants him to carve out a piece of his liver and give it to him, which makes even kind of less right. sense. But whatever. Um, it's uh. Yeah, so that's it. So, so that's kind of the the uh, the conflict of the movie is whether or not Wes is going to cut out a piece of um, his liver and give it to Gat to prevent so that Gat can go back in hiding because if Cthulhu, his father, finds Gat, his son, the universe will cease to exist. And the exact reason for that is told in a animated uh, like cut sequence which is done fairly well and i thought that was really cool yeah that and the the glory hole art is really neat too uh the graffiti that kind of is around the glory hole which is supposedly like of gat um is really neat the the set design there's a lot of creativity in this there's a lot of artistry at work here and i love that it can be so beautiful and so intelligently constructed one minute and then revert back to a gay joke the next um (laughs) i like that i like that it never takes itself too seriously you have jk simmons voicing an elder god that in of itself i think kind of tells you that that speaks to the main character from beyond a glory hole like that tells you the vibe of this movie and one of the things that i know i I texted you when we were i was watching this was a glorious fucks and if there was a quote (laughs) that i'd like to see on the poster like like, like my quote with Veronica, but like if there's right. something that Y2K movies should be quoted as saying on the poster of Glorious is that Glorious fucks because the ending it shows Gat, it, it shows the fucking monster, and I love it when yep. they do that. It 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 fucks, man. It 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 tickles your balls the whole time, and then right when you're getting close, it it wraps its lips or it goes down to the fucking base, and it just it gives you what you want, and uh, did not disappoint. You know that that. The flip flop with Wes's character is he a bad guy? Did he deserve all this? Thank I. Okay, fine. I could have taken her. That that didn't do anything for me one way or the other. Um, and then it's got a wonderfully orchestrated Shaw Brothers ending where just boom, it's over. You move on to the next and go go fold some laundry and do what else you got to do. Right. You know. So. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I definitely. I would. I enjoyed this actually out of the uh, Shutter originals that we've been doing uh, it is probably so far up on my top. So yeah. I would say that uh, with Shutter, I feel like we've been choosing kind of like the more quirky stuff. I haven't really dove into the straight like supernatural or like uh, paranormal horror on Shutter, And I hear there's a lot of good ones, but for me, like I totally understand sometimes like why Shudder is considered shitter. <laughs> but but for me with this movie like i i do like it um i agree glorious fucks 
<laughs> I would say that you get you get your cake and you eat it too. There's not I will uh at when this was released uh about the movie, not the actual film release, but when it they opened up and was like, "Hey, this is what's coming to Shutter in like a month." Uh they did say it was a Lovecraftian horror and I was not exactly like yeah, I was excited about that. And then obviously when I watched it, I was like, well, this isn't horror at all, which is fine. I was cool with it because around the 15 minute mark, you kind of understand this is not what you think it's going to be. And I was totally okay with it because of uh, the humor, the outrageousness. And it, it, it actually, it, like what you were saying with, if you take Lovecraft like too serious, like it's a fucking joke. It's, it's just like, like, you know, like how, how can you take it serious when it's a big fantasy? And yeah, it's I, gonna be... I was happy with the way that they did it. Yeah, I think they found the right balance because you're. Yeah, if you take it too seriously, it inevitably becomes a joke of the wrong kind anyway. Right. So you're better off laughing with it. You know, I, they handled it the right way. Like I said, the reanimator comparison. I think that's that's the correct approach to it. Lovecraft is a great toy box to pull ideas from and materials but you can't go full lovecraft you, know what I mean? you never go right. full lovecraft never if you go, go full, full lovecraft, lovecraft it, it you just you, you ruin it and it's it, it doesn't translate well it's not it doesn't work on film you can't do it and uh i think they found just enough of it but yeah I, that is a little bit misleading i don't know if i would necessarily promote this as lovecraftian um i mean it was horror like they, there's some good blood um yeah there's some good gore effects and stuff. Uh, you know, there was, uh, there seemed to be a, um, what was that movie that, when, whenever he's in the void, oh, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, that one? Yeah. Of course yeah. I've seen that one. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I, you know why I saw that one. I saw that one in the theater. That was good. But uh, that, there, it's very reminiscent of that when he's like in his void and there's some body horror stuff there with right. hands going in him and shit. So, uh, I mean, I think it was horrific enough, and it's short enough, too, that, like, you know, it just kind of hits the ground and starts running, and J.K. Simmons basically narrates the whole thing, and he's got a voice you can listen to that doesn't get old. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the West character kind of goes through his motions, and um, I thought it was good. I loved it, you know. And yeah. I haven't... Back to what you were saying about uh, Shitter Originals. Honestly... <laughs> I've had Shutter for uh, the past couple. I mean, I got it for Joe Bob, and that's I why really, I got it. Yeah, I haven't dived into the originals too much, you know. So I, I think probably the only two Shutter originals I've watched are this and Revealer, and this is the better of the two, hands down. But you know, I didn't think Revealer was terrible either. No, I didn't think so. it was bad. Yeah, yeah, no, this one was really fun. Uh, I out of uh, just being on like Lovecraft. Uh, what what would be your favorite Lovecraft film, or do you do you think you could have one? Huh. Or if you maybe not necessarily favorite, but what do you think res, like resembles Lovecraft at its like almost as they took it su- super serious? Yeah. So uh, that one I can't answer fairly well. Just give me. I'm going to talk for a little bit while I look shit up on IMDb. All right. So, um, 2001, Dagon was uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, 
who also, I believe, is the reanimator director. Yep, fact, he does, yeah, he, he is. He did reanimator, yeah. And From the Beyond, which is good, because From the Beyond is kinky Lovecraft. So right. uh, that definitely gets a, a mention really in like my From book. the Beyond. Yeah, so um, of now of reanimator From the Beyond and Dagon, Dagon is definitely the lesser of the three. But, right. But it's the most faithful to a Lovecraft story. And basically it tells uh, Shadow over Innsmouth, um, kind of, it's adapted from that, right? And uh, Dagon is in uh, in biblical text. It's the Palestinian fish god. So there's some basis for the Dagon god in actual history. And what they what Lovecraft did was take this Palestinian fish god, throw him over the coast of uh, off the coast of Massachusetts or whatever the fuck that shit takes place, and um, has people uh the people of the town kind of slowly becoming like, because they offer women to this fish guy that come back impregnated and then give birth to these like mer people. It's, it's very, uh, it's, it's very steeped in Lovecraft mythos with Mississippi <laughs> university and all that stuff. And, uh, this, the movie is very faithful to that. So I think that's probably the best faithful adaption um to his work i didn't like the car out of space too much i thought and maybe that was just hyped too, up too much for me and then ran too long when i sat down to watch it right um but uh yeah although there was one movie that came out when i was a kid and it was i don't know it was it was kind of based on the car out of space where a meteor crashes on a farm and it poisons the well and they all drink the well and they get like they melt. Forget what it was called, but it came out in the eighties, and I remember it really, fu- really fucking with me with a kid, and I had no idea that it was Lovecraft adjacent. And then as I got in my teens and I started reading Lovecraft, I realized that that movie that I saw as a kid was based on this, and that I would, I, I would have to rank that up there too because as a kid that scared the shit out of me. Color Out of Space didn't really do anything for me too much one way or the other. It didn't scare me. Didn't fascinate me. Didn't tantalize me. It wasn't kinky. Right. It was Nicolas Cage, which is good, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, that was really one of the only things I liked about it. I just, uh, I liked the possession part of it. I thought that was cool. Um, did you see The Void? Yes. That and... was pretty, uh, I thought that did really well at, at adapting that cosmic horror. Yeah, and I love, um... If these are the two guys, I think. Uh, no, the void is some of the Astron Six people. Um, what else? I'm sorry, I'm on IMDb right now. There you um, go. The void was good. Yeah, but no, the void was. The, so the, those guys also did Father's Day. You ever see that the Trouble <coughs> no. movie? No, I didn't. Oh my god, we have to do that. That's fucking. It's it's. That's the best. It, Unfortunately, those Astron 6 guys had a falling out with trauma, which they were very justified in what happened. But, um, yeah, The Void was not as lighthearted as I wanted it to be when I heard the Astron 6 guys were doing a Lovecraft thing. But The Void was pretty solid. Yeah, I uh, really liked it. Yeah, I like the lighting. That, Lovecraft movies have to have very specific lighting. It's always going to be like neon mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, other than that, I would, I would give out two... Uh, two other movies before we get back on track in the mouth of madness and event horizon I fucking those movies are straight like out of 
Well, especially in the Mouth of Madness, that's straight from that's John Carpenter's take in the mount in the Mountains of Madness. Right. Uh, and then Event Horizon, that that shit is fucking. That's a good one. Sam Neill's in both of those. Yeah, yeah Sam uh, Neill's. Uh, he needs to get back in horror. Like his '90s horror is so fucking great. I think what was he in? Also, The Omen, or The Omen Four? Yeah, he Omen, was yeah, the, the Antichrist. Yeah, he um, was in a lot of good ones. Yeah, in the mouth of madness, that kind of that's a uh, love, not necessarily a Lovecraftian concept, but the whole idea of that's a whole like a whole kind of subgenre of Lovecraft is uh, for is uh, like forbidden works of uh, you know like. So obviously, you know, he's the writer and the books drive people crazy, right? And then it, there's a, there was a, a book that wasn't written by Lovecraft, but was kind of around that time called The King in Yellow, which yeah, was about, a, I which was that. about that was a, pretty good. It was about a play that if you re- watch the play, you go crazy. And then when right. Carpenter, Carpenter did his Masters of Horror episode, he did something called Cigarette Burns, which was about a movie that if you watch it, everyone goes crazy. That's um, like, that's kind of like a, um, yeah, like a subgenre. Like if you if you right. art that's so powerful that it drives people insane. I cannot remember who wrote The King in Yellow, but wasn't he an influence of Lovecraft? Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Like say, it, yeah, yeah, it's considered a Lovecraftian concept, but it wasn't really originated by him. It was <clears> right, and that was actually guy. I think that was written in like the seventeen or eighteen hundreds. That was pretty crazy for like its time. Mm-hmm. Like it was <laughs> to me at least. No, no, I think that's that. Same with Lovecraft. Like I mean for its time that was a pretty cool uh concept to have of like the cosmos right well shit space is scary man it is it is it's, but you know nobody hears you scream in space <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah i really enjoyed this movie uh it you know it's a shutter movie it's 79 minutes so there's not too much we can do yeah, there's. Uh, I think that's it. But yeah, worth the investment. That's the other good thing about seventy nine minutes. You're not right. What are, What else are you gonna do in that time? Watch like an episode of The Sopranos, like you know? <laughs> just be disappointed. Right. You're gonna watch watch, watch the new Game of Thrones. Pilot, I would take, say take a I would shit say, in the middle of it. Right. I would <laughs> say that if you watch it, and for some people, it may start off a little slow. But if you finish, like if you do finish this. You, you will be happy you stayed. Yes. The, the Lovecraftian Glory Hole movie definitely has a happy ending. Oh, for sure. Which I wouldn't expect it any other way. Right. So, that's it. Talk to y'all. Later.